know what time it is, the clock's not wrong All blown up on ringscoops.com We bring a unique take on the world of pro wrestling It's evident, no debate, we're better than we ever been We do it like no other podcast can We're the best, get hit with the suplex, man So don't get it twisted like a sharpshooter Yo, here we go, here we go Brainbuster, piledriver, moonsault, tombstone Superman punch to the dome Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, wrestling fans around the world and coast to coast, I am that Ring Scoops guy, and this is another episode of All Blowing Up. We have not had an episode of All Blowing Up in a couple of weeks. Um, been kind of focusing a little bit on Ring Scoops Retro a little bit. Uh, but we are back this week with a huge episode of All Blown Up. Um, joining me on uh, today's episode is my longtime friend, Macavall. Uh, in just a little bit, we're going to get to that. Um, real quick, I just wanted to record this little intro to explain uh, you know, a, a little bit about the, the, the episode. Um, it's, it's a little different than uh, originally anticipated. Um, the, I was originally planning to just have a little conversation with Mac about you know, the Bruce Pritchard news about Paul Heyman no longer um, running Raw and Bruce Pritchard taking over both SmackDown and Raw. And then I was going to uh, put it as a segment with another segment being my thoughts on, on Backlash. Uh, Mac and I, uh, as we usually do, we, we have such a passion for professional wrestling uh, that we, we, get, we both get a little carried away together when we start talking about it. Uh, what had uh, originally been planned to be about a 15-20 minute discussion ended up about an hour about Bruce Pritchard situation and, and our, our thoughts on the current uh, Raw and SmackDown rosters, the direction for both brands and whatnot. We went we went the distance, man. We went Broadway. Uh, so this episode of All Blown Up will not feature my thoughts on Backlash, or at least not my detailed thoughts. I'll just give very quick, brief thoughts on it. Um, I think this was, uh, in my opinion, I'm going to start off just going to go ahead and say it. I think this was the weakest WWE pay-per-view in, in, in quite some time, in my opinion. Not to say that it was complete crap or anything like that. Um, I personally enjoyed the cinematic uh, f- uh, featurette with the Street Profits and um, the Viking Raiders. Uh, you know, with the Akira Tozawa showing up with the biker gang and all that. Um, with the Yakuza, I guess you can call them, right? And, uh, you know, I Edge and Orton, I thought was a, a fabulous wrestling match. There was bits and parts of it where I was like, man, uh, I don't know if we need this or not, but then again, I've never competed in the ring, so my opinion on that shouldn't really give a crap. Uh, you know, nobody should give a crap about it, right? Um, but, you know, as, as a fan watching, you know, I, I, I have the right to like and dislike certain things. The overall scope of things, I thought it was a fantastic match. There were some production parts of it that I was like, eh, it's a little campy. But for the most part, those guys tore it down. I thought that it was vastly, vastly better than the match that they had at WrestleMania. Um, But as an overall grade for the, the show, for Backlash, you know, nothing else really stuck out to me on that show. Um, You know, just the, the last two things. The cinematic tag thing. And uh, the main event. Did the main event live up to the marketing moniker of the greatest wrestling match ever? No. But it was a really good wrestling match. 
Holy crap, it was a really good match. If I had to get a letter grade to Backlash, it would be a borderline D plus C minus. So that's my thoughts on that. But uh, enough of that. We're going to go ahead and go right to the uh, previously recorded uh, conversation I had with my buddy McAvall about the situation with Bruce Pritchard and uh, him taking over Raw. Uh, by the way, this is recorded. We just finished recording that conversation a couple minutes ago, and that's why I'm recording this intro now. It is Monday, June 15th at 4.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Monday Night Raw starts in one hour from this recording right here. So if there was anything that ha- if we if we made any predictions in our conversation, uh, and if anything happens on Raw, I just want to timestamp that right here, right now. Monday, June 15th, Two, uh, uh, 4.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time is when this is being uh, recorded, produced, and going to be uploaded. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and go to that segment right now with Macaball. All right, joining me now on the program, a uh, good old buddy of mine, uh, known this dude for about 20 years now. The time just flies by. He's been on so many Ring Scoops podcasts. Uh, great friend of mine, uh, McAvall. Uh, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up? It's been a long time. Thank you for inviting me to the show. Welcome. Oh, welcome. <laughs> he screwed up. He screwed up. No. Um, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in and listening and stuff like that, man. I'm, I'm anxious to get started, man. Anxious to get started. Um, as uh, as many people have uh, have heard me say over the last uh, couple of months, uh, usually on, on, on these shows, I try different techniques with the recording for the show. Uh, I do internal microphone on the iPad. Uh, I use Xbox headsets. I uh, di- different condenser mics. Again, on this episode, we are doing a brand new recording technique. We are using the uh, record with friends option in the Anchor app. And I gotta say, so far, I'm pretty impressed with this Mac. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. I think it's good. I don't even have the computer on. I'm on the phone and I have my iPad in front of me so we can pull up news. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Hell yeah, man. Don't have to have the whole mixing, you know, mixing board set up or nothing like that anymore. Uh, hopefully this turns out pretty well. And, uh, you know, if, if anybody out there is having any problems with the, uh, with the quality of the shows, go ahead and let me know. Uh, ringscoops at gmail.com or you can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at ringscoops. Uh, Mac, uh, this past week, big news in the world of professional wrestling. Um, Paul Heyman is out, and uh, Bruce Pritchard is in. Bruce Pritchard going to be uh, taking care of both Raw and SmackDown. I was just very interested to, to know your opinion on that. Um, I don't think it's good. And the reason why I don't think it's good is because uh, Bruce Pritchard, I think, has been in control of um, SmackDown since Eric Bischoff has left. And um, SmackDown has, to say SmackDown has been underperforming and, uh, you know, kind of uninteresting would kind of be an understatement. Um, I don't think that, I mean, right now it's crazy in the world. Uh, You don't have your full talent pool because you, you, first of all, you fired a bunch of guys. And on top of that, like your big stars, um, one of your big stars, Roman Reigns, he's, he's out of the equation. And then you have uh, Sami Zayn, he's out of the equation as well, too. So um, these were kind of 
key pieces that they were building on SmackDown. Um, and for whatever reason, uh, it just didn't turn out the way that it should have turned out. Um, I think it's, I think SmackDown has kind of become a comedy show. Um, we had, you know, the world champion in a feud where he with two people, which I, I, I'm never a fan of a guy facing two people because if he loses against the two people, it makes sense. But if he beats those two people, then it makes the two people look weak. And I, I, I don't like that. I think the only time it was successfully done is when you had The Undertaker and, and Kane against uh, Steve Austin. I think that's the only time it was, it was successful, in my opinion. It's funny you bring that up too. It's a little side note. I've been rewatching '98 Raws again, and I'm in July, and I'm approaching September. The uh, breakdown pay per view where that match took place, The Undertaker, yeah. Kane, and, and Austin. Yeah, I think that was very successful because of the storyline purposes. Yeah. This is just, you know, I, you got the comedy act there, and then you turn around and you got a comedy act with uh, Otis and. You know, it's, it's just not I, – I don't see any seriousness. You have, the, you have this, uh, you know, this uh, storyline with Jeff Hardy and him, like, peeing like a racehorse. That's the, <laughs> that's the most urine I've seen in my whole life. Like, it's just – Dude, I can't even go that much. And, and I take pride in it as much as I can go in one sitting. Yeah, that, that's, 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 that's a lot. That was a lot. And so, such little time, too. He was only up there like less than a minute. Yeah, and it's like, you know, normally people would say, like, well, let me see if I can go. It's like, you really had to go, I guess, Jeff. Like, yeah, he, he wasn't really... doing the potty dance during the promo either, you know? No, it just, that was just a lot of urine. So you have a lot of stupid stuff like that going on, and, and, and Bruce Pritchard has had the book. And, you know, the only thing that I guess you could say that was successful was um, I was looking forward to Goldberg Reigns, but obviously that didn't happen. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. Um, and I was looking forward to Cena and Bray Wyatt. Um, again, that didn't happen the way that it was supposed to originally, the pandemic hit. But, you know, Bray Wyatt is gone. Um, I think his uh, fiance or girlfriend, I don't know if they're married yet, had another baby not too long ago. So he's probably out on that type of leave. Wow. It's, it's yeah. like Roman Reigns is out for the same reason, too. He's taking care of his family. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I, Bruce Pritchard really needs to create more stars on SmackDown. And that's the one thing that Paul Heyman has done, is he really invested his time in trying to build stars. Um, he successfully built up Alistair Black. He successfully built up Ricochet until they just decided, Vince decided not to push him any further. Yeah. Um, Ironically, in a tag team, which Vince doesn't like tag teams. Right, right. Um, Well, he had a good singles run. Remember, he had that program, that mini program with Lesnar, until Lesnar just absolutely destroyed him. Yeah. That was really the end of anything for him. Yeah. Um, Then you had. uh, They should send him back to NXT. Yeah, I think NXT needs some talent over there. I, I would not disagree with that. Then you had uh, Andrade mm-hmm. and then Angel Garza, which Angel Garza, which made, what makes me laugh because they said 
Angel Garza was just supposed to be there as kind of a uh, bridge to have Andrade come back. And I'm like, I don't think this kid's going back to NXT because he's too good. Yeah. He's too good. Um, you know, they built, you know, or tried to, I mean, they're doing a totally different thing now with what they originally presented with the Viking uh, experience. Um or whatever the hell they're called. What are they called? Is it the Viking Warriors or the Viking Experience or what the uh, hell Viking Viking Raiders? The right, yeah. Viking. Well, they changed so much. The Viking Raiders. <laughs> the Vikings. Um, <laughs> then he brought in he brought in um, the Street Profits. So yes. he's done a he's done a lot in terms of creating new talent and making them believable and kind of created a new crop of superstars. Uh, Apollo Crews, before the book was taken away from him, he really pushed him to some believability as a champion. Um, and this all took place in the last 365 or 66 days, leave here. Right. And, 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 Les, and, and not Lesnar, I'm sorry, uh, Bobby Lashley. Yes. Him interesting. You know, yeah, absolutely. So they've done a lot. He's done a lot of things, which is to make this talent, the talent on the roster uh, stand on its own. If you popped Aleister Black in a feud with Drew McIntyre, it makes sense because you've built Aleister Black. Andrade against Drew, it makes sense. Like you, you can now do that with the card, and I give Paul Heyman props on that. Um, Bruce Pritchard, you know, having control of both shows, and I'm kind of giving a long-winded answer, but him having control of both shows, I don't think that's really – good for business because he can't even get SmackDown right. So you're going to give him the book on Raw and all these things, knowing Heyman, things are going towards a certain direction that he wanted. And now all of this is just kind of crumbled away. Um, I don't know. We, we, we've, we've done this song and dance before and it didn't work. So I'm just, um, I'm not really a fan of it. What do you think? No, I you make you make several amazing points. Uh, I'm with you on that. Paul Heyman in the last year um, has, like you say, created so many different stars. He's taken guys that were in the unknown, guys that had been mistreated the last couple of years, and he's uh, pushed them to the forefront. He's made them believable characters again. Um, they've allowed him to experiment, and uh, you know, not everything stuck to you know stuck to the wall. Uh, but a lot of things that he did have stuck to the wall. It is a vastly different product on Raw right now than it was a year ago. At, it was a different product now than it was in January leading into the Royal Rumble. Absolutely. Um, SmackDown, I, let's just say this, and, and you and I have we, I, I've told you this several times. Uh, I, I watch Raw religiously on Monday nights. Um, SmackDown is hit or miss. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll catch, uh, you know, some of the stuff that's going down on Twitter and that'll be enough for me. Um, mm -hmm. once in a great while, like on a Monday morning or a Sunday night, if I got time, like I'll hop on Hulu and I'll watch it. Um, this last Friday was the first time in, I can't even remember how long, maybe, maybe since they moved to Fox that I actually watched SmackDown at 8 PM, the West coast feed, on Fox, not a stream, not Hulu, nothing like that. I was 
I had it in the background while I was doing some stuff. There was a couple things I, you know, certain characters I pay attention to when they come out. Other ones I just, you know, I watch passively. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the characters on SmackDown that I, I think are good that I, me personally, I like to pay attention to Alexa Bliss. Uh, you know, always got a fucking thing for Alexa Bliss. I think she's doing wonderful stuff. I think Bailey and Sasha Banks. I've been very vocal and very um, crucial uh, and critical about a lot of their stuff uh, the last couple of months. But I, I think in the last couple of weeks, I think they've they've come into their own. They kind of grown on me a little bit. But mm-hmm. you know, that's just a small handful of people I could count on one hand on SmackDown. Over at Raw, mm-hmm. it's it's like almost like watching ECW. We've got something for everybody over on raw. Yeah. And yeah, I think one of the major things that I think um, helped with that and helped Heyman with that too, was that extra hour. Surprisingly, uh, I know we've been very critical about that third hour of raw in the last eight years since they jumped to that. But I think the third hour of raw under Heyman's watch has actually done more for raw, uh, in a positive light than it did in a negative light. Well, what do you think? I think that Heyman has done something famously. And what he's done famously is that he has painted the, well, now I'm going to say painted the picture, but he's, his philosophy is this. A lot of these guys may not be able to talk that good, but if I give them sound bites or two or three sentences to say, or make their entrance a certain way, then we're going to be able to push them to the moon. So we're going to get these guys over in the ring. And that's what he's famous for is literally putting on these matches that are really, really good, solid pay-per-view quality matches where you're giving the guys time to tell a story. And that's how these guys have gotten over. That's how Aleister Black has gotten over is you put him in these really good competitive matches. Now, there was a time where he was squashing people and they were trying to really get over his Black Mash finishing maneuver and and all of that, but you know, you really get these guys over by their in-ring work, and that's kind of how his philosophy was for ECW. You know, you yep. would always get a good match, no matter what it was, on ECW TV, and they would be a long. It would be a long match, and that's how you're able to get away with, like, you know, the Dudley Boys against like Rod Van Dam and, and Taz or something in the, in the main event, because you built these guys up, you gave them time in other places and other shows where they're so entertaining and can work so good that you just are interested to see that matchup. And that's what Heyman has done. I'm just not. Uh, and then the other thing I like to mention too, is Heyman brought some edginess back to world. I mean, people were dropping the S bomb left and right. Uh, you had this whole, they, they kind of teased the lesbian angle a little bit. I think Heyman wanted to go full bore with it, but I think Vince put the brakes on it. Um, Which is they, ironic. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, you, you, you've you had, you know, a lot of shoot comments and stuff like that. Like, they really pushed the envelope on Raw uh, to, to make you feel a certain way. Like, this is great. Bruce Pritchard is coming into this situation and he's not going to do well. So when he doesn't do well, then what do you do? You've gone through Eric Bischoff. You've gone through Paul Heyman. They had another uh, writer. I think his name was Chris. 
Joseph or Krista Joseph or something like that. I forgot his name. Oh yeah, Big uh, Dick that, Johnson. Yeah, that was on the uh, uh, was writing for SmackDown, and he was like one of like the core writers, like one of Vince's guys. And I guess he did some like some un- said some unsavory things on a a Zoom call or something like that or or whatever. And then it was enough to piss piss Vince off to get him fired. So where else are you going to turn for creative when this doesn't work work with Bruce Pritchard? Because, you know, I, I don't see that this is going to work because it hasn't worked. No. It hasn't worked on SmackDown. And SmackDown, to me, it should be the – look at the debut of SmackDown, the very first episode to where we are now. And that will tell you everything about how bad that SmackDown is right now. Absolutely. It's, it's night and day. Night and day. Um, you know, another thing too um, that that you're you're talking about. Um, you know, w- what's going to happen if this thing with Bruce Pritchard doesn't work out? Where to go next? I, I think th- there is one thing that they are keeping an ace in the hole, hmm. um, or ace up the sleeve, or whatever the phrase is. Hey, I'm bad with that shit. Um, go figure, right? A play by play guy, bad with words. Um, Freaking uh, Triple H, I think, is going to be their last resort. I think Vince is going to try to do anything and everything he possibly can before he has to say, Paul, you've got the book. Well, I don't think Triple H wants the book. I don't think he wants it either, but, I mean, that doesn't mean that Vince McMahon won't try to give it to him. I don't think he wants the book because, think about it, NXT is like what AEW is trying to be. Like, think about it. You have Cody Rhodes and all of his friends. They can do whatever they want, and somebody else is paying for it. That's basically what NXT is. It's Triple A, Shawn Michaels, Road Dog. Um, I'm, I'm sure Scott Hall is on the payroll somewhere, and I'm sure Kevin Nash is on the payroll somewhere, too. They would pop up from time to time to be in the crowd for NXT uh, takeover events. So. Yeah. I'm sure they have some type of involvement. It's too bad that, you know, Billy left. Um, well, actually, he didn't leave. He was fired as a trainer. But I'm yeah, sure yeah, he's working for that pissant company now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I'm, I'm sure Triple H would have brought him back in as to do something. You know, yeah. guys get fired and rehired all the time, right? So, mm-hmm. I'm sure they would have brought him back and did something uh, with him. But they're just basically doing what they want. Like, you know, they're, they're doing that. The wrestling style is completely different than these other brands. And that's one thing that I agree with Randy Orton, not, not the slapping comment, but he made another comment where he was talking about how he feels sorry for these guys because they don't know how to tell a story in the ring. And he says, I've been wrestling for, uh, I think he said 20 years or 30 years or something like that. And he, said, yeah. I'm gonna wrestle, he said, I'm going to wrestle another decade. And he said, the reason why is because I know how to work. I know. And, and after that match he had with edge, there's no, <laughs> there's no arguing if he knows how to work. That man knows how to work. Yeah. So he's, he's trying to, he's trying to tell like the guys like, listen, you guys are doing all these high-impact moves and this, this, that, and the third. Triple H is telling them you guys can work this style. 
It's like it's a totally different world over there at NXT. I don't think Triple H wants to be involved in anything that has to do with Raw and or SmackDown. But I can just tell you now this Bruce Pritchard thing is not going to work. Because Bruce Pritchard, like, did he even did he even get like everyone has like a second career? Did he ever get famous in terms of his podcast? Like, let's say a Russo or a Stone Cold or a Cornette? Um, yeah, I think to a degree. Um, I think because I've seen uh, social media, a lot of people referencing his podcast. I used to listen to it. Um, it, it is a very well-produced podcast. Um, mm-hmm. At times, it gets very campy because, you know, Pritchard's always been one of those kind of guys that, you know, somebody asks him like, hey, you know, like, you know, like, you know, Cornette does a drive through where they, you know, submit questions and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they'll do that with Pritchard's and somebody will ask a question like, hey, such and such uh, happened back in 99. Um, but it didn't really go down, you know, the way that it probably should have. Uh, can you elaborate on that? And like Pritchard's always one of those guys. It's like, well, you could blame this guy for that. I told him not to do this. If he would have listened to me, it would have worked. You know, he's one of those kind of guys. Mm, okay. Let's see. Yeah. That's like the, the only downfall to that. Otherwise, it is a great podcast. Uh, you know, a lot of people listen to it. Hell, it was, they, they featured it on, on the network until AEW started because his co-host was Conrad. And hmm, Conrad okay. does the, the StarCast stuff. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Well, I never really listened to his his stuff only because, you know, Bruce Pritchard kind of has a, you know, if he has a lot of the boys, he doesn't have the greatest reputation. No. <laughs> uh, when it comes to, you know, working the talent and stuff like that. I mean, there's stories everywhere. I mean, there's stories. Well, I, where... I, I have a story for you, actually. Sorry to cut you off, but I, I do have, I have, I have one personal interaction with Bruce Pritchard. Okay. Back in back in uh, 2017, um, in the summer, I was doing Ring Scoops Live on um, on on YouTube for a while, and every week I would have different guests on. And one week I called into the uh, the Impact uh, conference call because they had Dutch Mantel and Bruce Pritchard on there, and everybody's asking them questions, you know, about everything with Impact. I wanted to kind of like you know me, I've always been very um, unorthodox with my questions on these calls, you know. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get input on the actual wrestling business as a whole, especially for myself as at that time, I was still, you know, believing I, I can make it as a, as a big play by play guy. So when I got on the line, I, I told them I'm a aspiring play by play commentator. This is what I've done. I've worked six years with Jesse Hernandez, you know, did this, 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 and this. I said, what would you have as a suggestion for me at the level that I'm at right now to make it to the next level? Mm-hmm. Bruce Pritchard immediately goes, well, you might want to start getting involved in your local independent wrestling promotions and kind of work your way up from there, kid. But I just told you that I was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. That and that was that was it. And you can Dutch Mantel got kind of silent for a minute, and he could tell that it was spinning in his head like Bruce, what the fuck? <laughs> but you know, Dutch Mantel actually gave me better advice in that call, and I was like, well, you know, and I ended the call too, saying, "Thank you so much, Dutch. I really appreciate your response." I fuck Bruce Pritchard, man. I, you know, that's my my one and only interaction with a guy. I'm glad that I had an interaction with him because it ties perfectly into our conversation here with what kind of guy he is. 
Well, if you want to learn more about, you know, what type of guy Bruce Pritchard is, um, listen to, um, it's a podcast, it's Booker T's show, where it was him and Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, talking about the infamous uh, supermarket fight that they had. Oh, yeah, I love that fight. As well as, well as his debut um, in the WWE. And, you know, I won't spoil it for everybody to listen to it. But, you know, he talks about how Bruce Pritchard was in the middle of it and how Bruce Pritchard basically was creating heat that was not there for no reason. And there's a lot of times that Bruce has been in those type of stories. So what I'm saying is that, you know, he's probably perfect because he understands how to work Vince McMahon and what to say to him and how to do things with them and stuff like that. But the, the reality is that, you know, we, we tried this Paul Heyman creative thing. This is the third time we've done this and I don't think people realize this you know the first time was Smackdown yeah during the whole you know uh, brand split and if you look at the uh, Ruthless Aggression uh, documentary thing that they did which is really really good um, Paul Heyman tells you what his philosophy was and that's the same philosophy he brought to Raw. He said, you know, Raw may have the, the names, the glitz, the glamour, the this, but we, we have the wrestling. And that's the same type of mind state that he brought to Raw. And if you think about it, he was very successful because he created Paul Heyman, the Eddie Guerrero, as a legitimate main event star. JBL as a legitimate main event star. John Cena as a legitimate main event star. He created those guys as legitimate main event stars that all of them are Hall of Famers. Mm -hmm. So his track record is great. The second time he tried it is uh, ECW. We had the book in ECW. Yeah, for um, six months after it came back. Right, right. Um, that didn't work out. Why did it not work out? Because at the time, which is funny now, but at the time, Vince wanted ECW to be more of a WWE product. And Paul Heyman wanted ECW to be ECW. And even then in ECW, he resurrected the Big Show's career. To me... Oh, yeah. To me, that is the most unhealthiest the big show's ever been. If you look back at that footage, this guy is big. I mean, he's just big, and 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 that's the biggest he's been. Like he just was in bad shape. But those series of matches, the hardcore giant. I mean, well, it's funny you mention that too. You think back, and not just mm -hmm. like the hardcore elements to it. But the frequency that we saw Big Show in matches where he would put the title on the line or it would be about the title, even in a non-title match, the title was still relevant as to what was going on. You compare that to Drew McIntyre's run since he's had it, and it's almost identical. Right. Is, you know, and that's, that's Paul Heyman's belief. We put these guys, let's see these guys work. If they can work really good, they're gonna, the fans are going to love them. Why? Because... I mean, the philosophy worked with RVD in ECW. Yep. Whenever RVD was in a match, you knew that match was going to probably steal the show. 
was point blank. It was going to steal the show. So because you knew it was going to steal the show, like you were 100% interested in watching what was going to happen with that match on that day. You wanted to see if Rob Van Dam would, would, would you know, steal the show. Matches with Jerry Lynn are legendary. Oh, yeah. So I'm not doing this to put over Paul Heyman, even though he's done a lot and he has a very good track record. But, you know, I don't really know what I can say. And maybe you can correct me on this, but I don't really know what is a Bruce Pritchard idea um, that has come as like this big, like, oh, wow, you're a genius. Because I don't, I don't, I can't really put a stamp on him in terms of this is what you've done. I think he's had a lot of collaborative efforts with people to create things. But like, you know, Vince Russo, you can stamp on him the rock, you know, Stone Cold, the Attitude Era degeneration. You could stamp all that stuff on his resume. Yeah, but you but you can't really do even Eric Bischoff, the NWO, Goldberg, you know, uh, Sting. You could stamp that on his resume. I can't really stamp anything for Bruce Prichard. No, not at all, not at all. And like you said, going back to you know, especially with the first brand split, you know, with when Heyman got the book on SmackDown, you know, the names that you brought up, you know, became you know main event guys, the Hall of Famers, whatnot. Eddie Guerrero, uh, Edge. Who oh, shit we just saw on Sunday put on a hell of a match, um, you know, guys like that, you know, uh, and it's not. I mean, it's not just because there was a brand split and you had opportunities for guys, but you had Hammond who had the wherewithal to know, like, hey, this guy's got it. I'm gonna put him. You know, it's like putting a puzzle together. You got the right piece in the right spot, and it all comes together. And right. Hammond, Hammond just he sees that kind of like how. Mozart sees a fucking piano and just knows how to fucking play it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it it was, it was really, you know, there's a lot of things you can stamp on Heyman. A lot of things you can stamp on Russo. A lot of things you can stamp on Eric Bischoff, but I can't really stamp anything on Bruce Pritchard. And I can't really stamp anything (laughs) on Jim Cornette. You can stamp gut check on Bruce Pritchard. I guess. And, and, <laughs> and uh, referees with the cameras on their head. Well, the other thing that I have to say, too, is like, you know, with um, Bruce Pritchard is like, we kind of saw what to expect. Um, you know, I know I saw you on Twitter. I know that you enjoyed the cinematic match from Backlash uh, with the uh, Street Profits and the Viking warriors were the fuck they are. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did not. And the reason why I did not enjoy it is because first of all, I haven't really been a fan of this thing from the start. Uh, let's just start there. Um, I don't think this does anything to help the tag team division. All this goofiness that you're doing, you have a title for that. And that's called the 24 seven title. Mm-hmm. R-Truth's character is based off of goofiness. So when I see him come on the screen, I know what's going to happen. I know I'm going to laugh. I know it's going to be funny. That is a title that is a ridiculous title. 
365 as long as there's an official? That's ridiculous. It's funny. But on the other hand, you have the Street Profits, who are the raw tag team champions. And we haven't had a meaningful feud from these guys. And normally, you know, when you're trying to get a title over, you have a heel versus a face. And I don't know what they expect to get out of this because now both of these teams are major baby faces. So I don't know where you go from here. I don't know what you do because he likes turkey legs. <laughs> you know, I don't know what you do because, like, I don't, I don't know what you do from here because I don't personally – Personally, I don't get it. I don't, it doesn't compute for me because I just, I just don't get it. Um, and I'm not talking about looking at something and being entertained. I'm talking about looking at something and seeing where this is going to go. And I don't feel that this is going to help the tag team division on Raw in any way, shape, or form. I think the tag team division on Raw is a joke. I think the guy coming out, I uh, forgot his name, um, which, again, Heyman, that was a Heyman product because, remember, they started putting him on Raw a little bit. But now he's a ninja. Oh, Akira Tsawa. Yeah, and, and, and he has a big black ninja. Like, what does this do for anything? Is this a legitimate team? Like, he was speaking in subtitles. Is that offensive to anybody? Like what? It's just I don't get it, man. I don't. I don't think that that was the right. And plus, wasn't maybe I'm wrong, but I thought Seth Rollins was gonna face Rey Mysterio at Backlash. Oh yeah, you're right, huh? Wasn't that supposed to happen? I I'm not sure to be honest because I, I, that's what I felt. I don't know if that was like if they said. On you know last Raw that he was going to face him at that I don't I don't know if that happened or didn't but that's what I was expecting to happen but you know I just I just know that goofiness is that's kind of Bruce Pritchard's thing. So do you think Bruce Pritchard uh, was uh, the mastermind behind uh, the tag team cinematic last night or do you think that Ab- was a Heyman? Absolutely no, I think that that was because. There was no matchup that was building. And if it was a Heyman thing, it wouldn't have been that long. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 you know, it, it was a very long cinematic thing. For, it was, yeah. And it's I'm, like, I, I think you killed it last night. I don't want to see <laughs> any more cinematic matches. We've seen, what, since the pandemic started, what, four, five? Yeah, there's been at least one at, at, at least uh, each pay-per-view. And I think it, it everything fit in place until last night, actually. Even as, as entertained as I was with it, I was I was still also thinking as, as the same thing that, that you are. It's just too much at this point now. It, it worked for the two at Mania. It worked for Money in the Bank. Um, it, oh, man. I, at In Your House, I think, mm-hmm. is when it finally started to fall through the cracks. I think you missed one too. I didn't see it, but they had um, Johnny Gorgano against um, Oh Champa, Champa, and that was a cinematic match. 
Yeah. Well, I guess you can kind of also count Edge and Orton and Mania cinematic, right? Because it was pre-taped. No, and, I, I don't. I don't with, I, I with, with different camera angles. I wouldn't count it as that because cinematic is like, for me, is like the, you know, the campy music in the background. The, <laughs> you know, like the. It, 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 no, I, I wouldn't count it as that. That's just my. All right. But no, I do agree with you. I think, um, and and we, you and I have had discussions about this too, especially right after WrestleMania, that mm-hmm. we were thoroughly uh, entertained at WrestleMania with those. Uh, when they announced the Money in the Bank one, we were like, "All right, well, let's see how this goes." And it, it worked out. I, I, in my opinion, it worked out at Money in the Bank. Um, mm-hmm. But we also discussed that we hope that they don't overdo it. And at this point yeah. now it's starting to go in that direction that they are going to overdo it. I don't want to see another one of these things until, um, survivor series, uh, you know, at uh, that time, give it that much time off. Just like the, after the first time we saw the first money in the bank, I mean, not money, in the bank, um, hell in a cell. Well, yeah. First money in the bank too. It was about a year, but we saw hell in a cell. The first one at bad blood in October. And the second one was a king of the ring in June you know, 97, 98. Yeah. And I, you know, I give props to the WWE and trying to find new ways to entertain people, but you know, it's too much. And then of course, you know, AEW, they stole the idea and, you know, did that stampede match, Mm -hmm. uh, which I didn't see. I don't, you know, I don't like AEW at all. Um, But yeah, I didn't see it either. Yeah, I saw clips of it, and the clips were enough for me because they basically stole that idea. And then the AEW market said, "Oh, we did it better than the WWE." I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah, I saw the- I saw two clips. I saw the drowning clip, which was just god awful, uh, and then I saw the one oh, with the uh, with Paige on the horse, which everybody's like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest thing in the world." He's on a horse chasing the guy. <laughs> you know what's funnier right. than that? You know what's funnier? That scene out of Caddyshack where they fucking thought the baby Ruth was a turd. That was funnier than fucking Hangman on a horse. When uh, T.O. Hopper thought the turd was in the pool and nobody <laughs> wanted to touch it. That was funnier than that. Yes. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. SummerSlam. <laughs> 96. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but again, uh, at, the, at the end of the, at the, at the, end of the, the day, um, it's overused. It's, you know, there has to be a balance. And I think money in the bank was like a very fine line in terms of that balance. You had comedy, but you also had action. And you had memorable spots, right? Mm -hmm. This was just a straight up, like, you know, three stooges situation, (laughs) you know, like when he, when, when he crashed through the window, then I jumped, I was like, Oh, okay. Now we're going to, ramp this up and get serious boy was i wrong oh oh my god i was wrong when the when the biker gang showed up i said oh okay now this makes sense now you're gonna face somebody that's gonna like you know they're gonna say that we're tired of you guys joking every week Mm -hmm. boy was i wrong you know what's funny my first thought when i saw the, the all the bike show up is i thought of the forgotten sons I thought of the hacker, Ooh. SmackDown hacker. That's what I thought it was. Who's disappeared? <laughs> yeah, which, uh, you know, again, I don't know what they're doing. I know Vince is pissed off. I, you know, I, I want ratings. I want this. 
bro, the show is three hours. You just added a, you know, an instant crowd, which are NXT talent, which helps, but it's still not the same. Mm-hmm. And it's still hard because the storylines need to be the focus. And there's no storylines that are that are good. Last when they had backlash, what would have helped it tremendously is if Bobby Lashley won. What would have helped it tremendously is maybe if the Miz or Morrison won. You have two faces on both of these shows that are just going through the entire roster. And you want me invested in this. Look at how many people Drew McIntyre has gone through since WrestleMania. Like, and you want me to invest in this? Do you think there's, you think they're saving uh, for SummerSlam uh, Drew and Lesnar again? Or do you think they're going to have somebody else that's going to go up against Drew for that big show? I don't know if, um, first of all, I don't think Lesnar's going to work again until there's a crowd. I don't think WWE is going to use up his dates until there's a crowd. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Second thing, um, I don't know what they are planning to do because they said that they were planning to do a Jinder Mahal, Drew McIntyre quick program, which I'm very, I'm very upset that gender got hurt i really liked his look um i think in the ring he just needs the right opponent i think he works better with smaller guys i don't know how a match with drew mcintyre would have been um but i think he works better with smaller smaller guys but i love him as a character um and i think that they're i always say this famously when someone wins the title for the first time and it's lackluster, then I always say famously that I can't wait to his second reign because the second reign is going to be way better than the first one. Yeah. Because at that point, he will know who he is as a character. And, you know, we've switched his character back and forth many, many, many times. But you were going to have Drew just run through him. So you have this whole thing with Lashley and, and McIntyre and the only way that it's believable is if you think Lashley is going to win. Now, last night did a very good job of making me think that Lashley is going to win. They did a very good job of that. But it's the same thing that I told you off the air when the whole thing started. I said, I don't know why they're doing this because Lana's going to come out and cost Lashley the match. And I'm not saying that like I'm a prophet or anything like that. But everybody could see that a mile away. Yeah. Well, what would have helped is if you would have had MVP and Lana get into it somehow, which distracted Drew McIntyre. And then maybe somebody else comes from the back and low blows Drew McIntyre. And then Lashley puts on his move again and Drew McIntyre passes out. And then Lashley and MVP and Lana embrace, it was a plan the entire time, then that makes more sense. That makes more sense to me than to just have Drew McIntyre plow through Lashley. Now you're going to argue, oh, well, Lana cost him the 
who cares if Lana cost him the match? We have to think Lashley has a chance. Him kicking MVP in the face every single week is not it's not helping <laughs> anything. Yeah. And Bruce Pritchard's not, not going to help anything either. No, he's not going <laughs> to help anything either because what Bruce is going to say is he's – I don't think, first of all, and I'm not trying to be – you know, this is a very crazy climate we are in right now in the world. So trust me, I'm not trying to pull a race card here at all. But historically in the WWE, guys like Lashley don't get main big pushes. The only guy that has gotten that per se is Coffee Kingston. And you saw how his title reign ended. Yeah. So, yeah, more not, people talk about the way it ended than the actual reign itself. Right, right. And it's, it, it, it just, you know, you could have gave him five minutes. You could have gave him that. You could have gave him the, the satisfaction of eliminating Lesnar. You could have gave him that at the Royal Rumble. You could have gave him, you know, some type of singles run with the title. No, you stick him right back in the tag team division and you give him the SmackDown tag titles and you tell him to shut up. <laughs> like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, you need, you need main event contenders. Like, when they had this uh, Intercontinental Championship tournament, why was yeah. he not involved in that? Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Why was he not involved in that? So... All I'm saying is that, you know, this whole thing with Lashley, the only way it works and it becomes believable if we think the guy can be can beat him. Like when they when they did the whole thing with Mark Henry in the Hall of Pain, Mark Henry was running through people. He was running through people. Now when he had his match against Orton for the World Heavyweight Championship, and he beat him for the World Heavyweight Championship. It was believable. Why? Because he ran through everybody. And the fans cheered it. It was his first title run as a world champion. But they built it up to the point that you understood that if Henry wins, it's going to make sense because nobody can stop this guy. There's no heels that are worth anything because you haven't built them to be worth anything. It should be strong character heels on these shows that the baby face chases. It would have made much more sense if McIntyre lost last night compared to him winning. That's just my opinion. I totally agree with you on that. Uh, I was hoping that Bobby Lashley would have won. Um, You and I, uh, off the record, have talked about what we would do. If, uh, if given the opportunity to give Bobby Lashley the title, I, I don't want to get into that because I don't want to give anybody any free ideas because yeah. you and I came up with a fantastic freaking angle. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, if anybody wants it, they're going to they're gonna have to pay us for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We gave but, them uh, a fantastic run. But like just on the simplistic, just on the simplistic level of having Lana and MVP this whole time swerving everybody, then that that works. That works. That works. Um, Lashley has never been a great talker. His voice doesn't match his facial expressions and his look. So having MVP talk for him and then having Lana talk for him, like treat him like he's a boxer, right? Have yeah. Lana be his business manager and then have MVP be his corner man and have him treat him like, a, like he's a legitimate MMA badass. Treat him like that. 
have him come out in street gear and like, oh, you want to face Lashley? You lost your mind? The only way that you're going to face Lashley is if the money's right. And if you want to talk about money, you got to talk to her. Then she'll get on the mic and do, you know, like that would just be fantastic. It's the Lesnar formula at the next level. Right, and you can build him up for because you need time. I've been talking about Lesnar Lashley. Lesnar Lashley. I actually saw on YouTube um, they have this guy. His name is Dr. Bo Hightower. And a lot of you may know him, but he's known for being – he's a chiropractic for all of the sports stars, for wrestlers, for UFC fighters, weightlifters, you name it. And he recently had on his show, and I mean recent, recently, had on his show Bobby Lashley. And on another show, he had Rusev, and then he had Lana. Now, what was funny to me is that um, the episode with Lana, Rusev was there, front and center. <laughs> like, it was no kayfabe at all. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. And they were talking to Rusev, because the guy's a wrestling fan, too. And he was saying, well, is today Rusev Day? He said, no, it's not Rusev Day because I've been fired. There is no more Rusev Day anymore. So Rusev, which I found out, he's starting a YouTube channel. And he has a Twitch channel. He's a big gamer. I don't know if people knew that. Yeah, over the weekend I found out that he had a Twitch channel. Yeah, he's a big gamer. And he says now he's starting a YouTube channel. So um, I said all that to say this. When he spoke to Lashley, he asked Lashley about the match between him and Lesnar. And he says, well, the fans want to see it. I've been asked that since day one, since I got into the WWE. So I think the fans want to see it. Okay, let's build it up. Why would you not want to see that? Mm -hmm. You know, let's build it up. Let's build him up as a monster. Like, have McIntyre chase him for a while. Yeah. And then this Drew McIntyre, I don't like this Drew McIntyre. I'm just going to be honest. I like the Drew McIntyre that was the Scottish psychopath. Mm -hmm. That's the Drew McIntyre I like. The one that beat Kurt Angle with his own move. Well, maybe maybe Drew's second title run will be as a heel. Yeah, because I think he's much better as a heel than he is as a face. Because this, oh, come on, guys. Like, that doesn't work for me. I think if there was a, a big live crowd, I think it would have worked. Uh, in, in the circumstance that we're in right now, it's not working uh, to its full potential. There's some guys that don't know how to be baby faces, and they kind of lean on the crowd to push them into being one. And there's other guys who are just natural baby faces, case in point, John Cena. John Cena does not have to acknowledge the crowd at all and is a baby face. But guys who can't get over, they always say, well, guys, what do you say here in Boston? Why don't me and you have a street fight? Like, that's that's old school booking where you're trying to become a face. I think that's what Drew McIntyre is doing is is really pushing that old school mentality of a a baby face, fun loving, joking. Well, let's fight and all that. You know, that that's just doesn't match as big as he is as dark as his music sounds he should just be just a badass it doesn't really say much and when yeah. he does say something then you know just have him be feared like i mean they, they, they did the same thing with Strowman. 
trying to make him fun loving. Strowman's never been. He never got over as fun loving. <laughs> you know, like it, it's like having him dance with the New Day and all that. that that's not. That's then when. That's not what got him over. Got nah. him over really a few with Reigns when he threw him off of a freaking cliff. Yeah, well, he treated Roman Reigns like freaking Super Dave Osborne. And they made Strowman like almost like a like a evil like horror monster where something happened to him and then he was screaming, I'm not through with you yet. Yeah. Like that that's like they really built him up. Now it's like uh, I I don't know, but they the problem starts at the top. The world championship on both brands are not good. I don't think that Bruce Pritchard knows how to fix it. I don't really – there's not one thing that I tune into both shows and I'm excited about outside of Orton and Edge because I knew they were going to tear down the house. But apparently Edge is injured now. So there that goes. There yeah, goes we probably, probably won't see him in a match for the rest of the year. Yeah, which is – I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I hope he's not injured. It sounds like he is. They have pictures online that says that he is. Yeah. Just from, but, you know, after that, you know, you really need to – you could have a – you could really have a trilogy end at WrestleMania next year, hopefully, knock on wood, that we're able to attend it because it's out here in Los Angeles where these two guys go at it. Uh and ends, ends their trilogy and a match at WrestleMania in front of a crowd. And you can, I don't know what you could do for this match because you've had, you know, a uh, last man standing match and then the greatest wrestling match ever. I don't know what you can do to put a, you know, a stamp on the end of it. Or if you come up with a new match concept or what, I don't know. But end of an era. I think that would work. <laughs> the, la- the, la- the last time these two guys will ever face each other, maybe that will work. The end of the ruthless aggression era. Right, something like that. Have it for a title, have it be worth something, you know? Yeah. Kind of like, like how uh, Undertaker and Triple H was technically like the last of the Attitude Era. Right. I think they're going to run with Orton and McIntyre after this next pay-per-view for SummerSlam, I think. I think that's what they're going to do. That'd be nice. I wouldn't mind seeing Orton grab the belt. Yeah, Orton Orton knows what to do with the title. He's been in this position many times before. Yeah. Um, It would make sense to have the new hot face try to face Orton and try to take the strap off of him. That would make sense. And they brought the punt back at Backlash. Orton can win with a punt and say that his kick is superior than the Claymore kick. Yes. You can have him cut a promo and say, you know, McIntyre, you're good. You're not great. There's a freebie for Bruce Pritchard out there listening. Yeah. You build those two guys up to a last man standing match to see whose kick We'll take the other man out. Yep. yep. It's already written right there. Um, we are running out of time here, though, Mac. Um, 
<laughs> this episode is like the longest all blown up in probably two years. Um, but I, I do want to uh, thank you for, for being on, on the show tonight. Uh, before we head out, I do have one thing I do want to say real quick to you. Sure. Uh, this is 11 years in the making, despite all your jokes over the years. Sure. This is the true, the true one right here. 11 years in the making, Mac. And we're going to end it right here tonight. It's going to come full circle. Are you ready? Yes. Christian's going to be on Raw tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That is the biggest inside joke. Let me just let you guys in on the inside. (laughs) 11 years ago, there was a rumor that Christian was coming back from TNA to the WWE. That's how long ago this was when he was Christian Cage. I don't even remember there being a rumor. It just happened one night. <laughs> there was, it was a lot of speculation. They said that he was signed and they don't know what brand they were going to put him on because at the time they were really pushing ECW as a third legitimate brand. They were trying to do what they're doing with NXT now. They're trying to envision that with ECW then. Yeah. Just imagine they kept ECW. That probably would have worked. Anyway, if they would have never named it ECW, it would have worked. Well, Vince, you know, when he decided, well, I'm going to call it NXT, and that's, you know, he created whatever something Vince creates, then it's not going anywhere unless it's football. (laughs) But, but, but if he creates something, then it's going to stay around. That's why NXT is here and ECW is there. So, uh, Christian. I saw on WWE.com that Christian was making his debut back on ECW. Now, I didn't know that this man (laughs) didn't know this. I also didn't know how deep his love for Christian went. And no idea that he really, really is like Christian's one of his favorite wrestlers. I didn't know that. Third all-time favorite, right behind Ultimo Dragon and Shawn Michaels, which is a weird top three, right? Right, but I didn't, I didn't know that, right? So I'm like, oh my god, Christian is going to be on ECW. Now, mind you, when I said this, I thought this was common knowledge. It was all over the internet. You know, I there was, I don't even think there was no Twitter or anything back then, was there? I think, yeah, no, Twitter was around. I think it was like still maybe a it, year or two in. Yeah, it wasn't like it is now. Like, there, yeah, no. It, it wasn't like, you know, if someone farts on SmackDown, then you know, two seconds later, it wasn't like that. L- let's just say this there were still people on MySpace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And everyone in the IWC, that's what we used to call it, I don't know what to call it now, the internet wrestling community. They call it wrestling um, Twitter now. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what they call it. But, uh, you know, I thought he knew. Little did I know, he didn't know. And I think, <laughs> you, were in, I think you were in class, I think. No, I was sitting at home waiting for ECW to come on for the oh. West Coast feed. Okay, he was waiting. Okay, yeah. Because the East Coast feed had just finished. All right, so he, he sitting up there, didn't look at any spoilers or nothing, and is waiting for the show to come on. And then I spoiled it. And I think Christian was like one of the first two segments too. So if I just would have shut up and not said anything, it would be fine. 
not only did he say, oh my God, you spoiled it for me, made me feel like crap. For the last 11 years, <laughs> anything that's popped up has been somewhat of a spoiler from this guy. <laughs> and he always says, that's for getting you back on Christian. I haven't said that's for getting back a Christian in such a long time, though. It's act, It's gotten to the point now where, like, it's, it's, it's I, over now. It's over no, now. No, but the funny thing is, is like, I, I was a couple of weeks ago, there was something happened on Raw or something like that. And I was like, yo, dude, you got to tune into Raw. There's going to be something crazy going on. And you were like, oh, you're never going to let this Christian thing go down. And I'm like, I didn't spoil anything. <laughs> I said, tune into Raw. Which is what we used to do in the Attitude Era. We call a buddy up. Yo, you watching but, Raw? No, tune in. <laughs> but what, but what's funny though is when Christian was on last week. Yeah, I didn't say anything because this is the first time he's been on Raw since God knows when. And the people, well, I, I knew he was going to be on because WWE promoted he was going to be on. I didn't say nothing. I, I, my text message to him was late that night. I said. Hey, did you watch Raw? <laughs> yeah. And you sent me a picture and you were like, yeah. And I know it was like towards the end of it because I was watching Raw. And I said, good. I was terrified <laughs> to say anything about Christian. Yeah. <laughs> I was terrified. And on that note, everyone knows the inside joke now. So There we go. There we go. 11 years in the make. Christian's going to be on tonight. Rumor has it that he's actually going to be coming back as a, as a competitor. Really? Yeah, that's that's the big part of the news right there. Hmm. Yeah, which I you know what, dude? If if uh, if Daniel Bryan can come back after four years, Christian should be able to come back after seven. I you know what? I really hope so because the you know he's needed. Oh yes, he's dude needed. can talk. I, yeah, the, the the promo he cut with Edge was one of the best promos in this whole Edge Orton thing. And Orton wasn't even really involved in the thing towards the end. Yeah. But, you know, it was great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have uh, definitely broken records here with uh, with All Blown Up. I honestly didn't think that we were going to go that deep into the conversation with it. Um, I was going to make this uh, – this was going to be a segment on the show – I think this will just be the entire show. Um, I will do a, I'll just do a separate YouTube video with my thoughts on backlash at this point, which means that I now have to make a new thumbnail for the podcast because the thumbnail I made was edge and, and Orton, <laughs> but I'm going to have to make a Bruce Pritchard themed uh, thumb, which is fine. To me. I love drawing on the iPad, as you know, um, but Mac, I want to thank you so much, dude, for uh, appearing on on the show today, uh, this week. Um, do you have any uh, any shout outs, any plugs, or anything like that you want to get out there, to everybody? Um, visit myworkoutgym.com for all of your home personal workout needs. And if you have a little pet at home fig- uh, figure, I've already I messed up, I messed up at the beginning of the show. I'm messing up now in the promos. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, if you have a little pet, um, cat, dog, whatever. Uh, figure, here we go again. Visit ourbestbuddy.com for uh, things to help your pet. Like if you need something at home, we have a lot of creative things on there. So um, that's pretty much my plug. So please check it out. Um, we are having a lot of success with these sites. And um, there's a lot of products that you 
probably have never seen before. So uh, please check us out. I remember uh, last week when you were telling me about that and I went to go to the, the, the shop to check out something maybe to get for my dog. Dude, a lot of your inventory at that time was uh, was limited supply. They're flying off the shelves. I, I couldn't believe it. I was I, the, the one product I wanted to get that collar for my dog. It wasn't even in stock. I, 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 I hope it's in stock. I'm going to check it out right now after we finish up with this. But yeah, it's just flying off the shelves, man. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I know it's kind of limited in sizes, but, you know, with all the pandemic and everything that's going on, guys, uh, please, you know, put your orders in immediately. Um, it's going to take a little longer for shipping, unfortunately, because of all that's going on in the world. But, uh, you know, things are very, very limited. But these are a lot of things that will help. Like one of the things that uh, actually while we're having this conversation, uh, that is one of our most popular items, uh, as a gentleman from just Washington just ordered, it popped up on my phone is a portable uh, water bottle for your dog. It's a, it's a water <laughs> bottle. Yeah, yeah. It's a water bottle that uh, you literally extend the bottom of it and you squeeze water into this tray and you give it to your dog almost as like, imagine if you're picking up a bowl and putting it to your dog's mouth. This is something that is in a water bottle shape. You slide it down water comes out and then there's actual uh, carbon filters in it as well too. So it's actually cleaner water um, than what me and you drink. And you can give this to your dog on a walk, on a run or anything like that. So uh, please check that out. We have a lot of cool products like that. That's our best buddy.com. I'm, I'm going to have to check that out, man. My, my dog, Morty, you know, you know, you know, Morty, right? Morty, Morty loves things like that. <laughs> I'm going to have to get that for him. That's awesome. And guys, thank you. Uh, and again, thank you for having me again. I don't mean to, to, to break the the, the, <laughs> the segments, but thank you for having me again. I appreciate no, it. No, hey, it's all good, man. Uh, the more the merrier. I think we had a, a hell of a discussion here. Uh, anybody out there that's listening to this, want to give us uh, feedback, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Ringscoops. Mac, what is, uh, what's, what's your Twitter? I actually don't have a Twitter that I use publicly. Okay. Just, 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 I put it like this. If you guys have something, questions, comments, or anything, hit the webmaster up, man, and I'll, and he knows how to get a hold of me. All right, will do. And if anybody's watching this on Archive on YouTube, you guys can go ahead and leave a comment down below with your feedback. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and hit that little bell for notifications and a whole lot more. Instagram and Twitter at Ringscoops, Facebook.com slash Ringscoops, Twitch.Ringscoops.com, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Ringscoops. Oh, yeah. Funky like a monkey. Get all your Ringscoops merchandise. We got some really cool new merchandise out there right now, too, like the Kool-Aid shirt. Oh, yeah. Um, got original. The, uh, original. Like, this is not even eating eat this from his hand. It's original stuff. The Gorilla Position shirt and the VKM good shit dollar bill. It is good shit. Which is my favorite shirt, by the way. I have to send one out to you, buddy. I'm but to buy one. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, man, even better. Look at that. Showing support right there on the air. Thank you so much, Mac. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, I'm that Ring Scoops guy on behalf of Mac of all saying thank you, good night, and be cool.